0: 2016, Canada, near the tiny Inuit fishing village of Iglulik, a hunter named Amaruk Ivalu sailed through the Fury and Hecla strait. Dressed in furs and rifle in hand, he stared at the water,
1: scanning for any movement. Suddenly, he spotted a splash in the distance. Amaruk peered down the gun sight, centering the crosshairs on a gray seal, surfacing for air.
0: This was the first seal he'd seen all hunting season. Amaruk's heart thumped in his chest. He held his breath as his gloved finger curled around the trigger, the wind nipping at his face. He squeezed.
1: The seal vanished. The shot went wide, disrupting the glassy surface of the water. Amaruk swore and put his rifle aside.
0: Then, as he crouched to pick up a box of ammunition, he heard an odd noise coming from his sonar guidance system.
1: It was a shrill whining sound, faint but distinct, high-pitched, continuous, and slightly distorted. It almost sounded like an electronic mosquito or a broken speaker.
0: The noise was unlike anything Amaruk had ever heard before. He couldn't tell if it was an animal, man-made, or something from out of this world.
1: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly.
0: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
1: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth— You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: This is a one-part episode on the mysterious sound in the Fury and Heckless Strait known as the Nunavut Ping. It seems to come from deep in the Arctic Ocean, and nobody knows what's making the noise.
1: We'll look at the PING's origins, whether it comes from the ice, UFOs, climate change, or even corporate sabotage.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
1: There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. In 2016, a man piloted his sailboat through the Fury and Hecla Strait in the northern Canadian territory of Nunavut. As he cut through the water, his sonar equipment emitted a peculiar sound.
0: It was a single long tone, high-pitched and shrill, too consistent to be run-of-the-mill background noise.
1: After a few moments, the sound stopped, but it had already kick-started a mystery
0: the sailor was the
1: first person to hear the Nunavut ping. We don't know how word spread, but soon news of the ping had reached the local Inuit town of Igloolik.
0: As with many small hamlets in northern Canada, a lot of Igloolik residents relied on the ocean. They made their living hunting seals and other water mammals, and they usually found their prey in the Fury and Hecla Strait,
1: this waterway boasted an abundance of seals and was free from ice year-round. But recently, hunters had struggled in the Fury and Hecla Strait. Nobody knew why, but the animals were disappearing.
0: When the Igluilik people heard about the ping, they assumed a connection. The sound must be driving the seals out of the Fury and Hecla Strait.
1: Even more concerning, the ping hadn't gone away. Over the next few weeks, other hunters and a few vacationers on yachts detected it as well. If they listened carefully, they could hear it through their hull, but it appeared clear as day on sonar.
0: Witnesses described it as a beep, a buzz, or most commonly, a ping. No one could figure out where it came from.
1: Nunavut residents called their representatives, demanding an official investigation. A member of the Legislative Assembly, Paul Quassa, took the lead. First, he reached out to local agencies to make sure that the sounds hadn't come from an offshore drill or other equipment.
0: The Nunavut Research Institute confirmed that nobody had issued permits for any deep-sea operations in that area.
1: Either someone was using underwater sound equipment illegally, or something strange was going on. To learn more, Kwasa brought his evidence to the Nunavut Parliament.
0: Thanks to Kwasa's arguments, the Premier of Nunavut, who essentially acts as the regional governor, contacted Canada's Department of National Defense. Within weeks, the Army sent a CP-140 Aurora aircraft to investigate
1: the Fury and Hecla Strait. The Aurora performed several multi-sensor sweeps of the area, listening for the ping. For an hour and a half, it surveyed the waters, and it detected nothing out of the ordinary.
0: But the crew did see several walruses and two separate pods of whales. So either the ping wasn't driving wildlife from the area, as previously claimed, or it only affected certain species.
1: The Department of National Defense announced their findings in November 2016. As far as they could tell, the ping, if it existed, didn't pose any dangers to the local hunters' livelihoods. Since they couldn't identify any device or animal that made the sound, they determined it was most likely caused by sonar equipment malfunctioning.
0: But this report didn't change locals' minds. Too many boaters had picked up the sound for all their machines to be broken. Plus, they knew from precedent that sounds like the ping could be dangerous.
1: Human activity causes strange and potentially harmful background noise all the time, and it can be just as elusive as the Nunavut ping.
0: In 2011, in the Canadian town of Windsor, Ontario, people began hearing a hum. It sounded like a truck stalling or distant thunder. Unlike the ping, people could easily hear it without equipment.
1: Those who lived in the area complained that the hum never went away. They reported headaches, lost sleep, depression, and moodiness. Some residents moved away to avoid living with the persistent noise.
0: Scientists investigated the Windsor hum, but couldn't determine where it came from after ruling out boats or planes, they checked to see if it was a psychological phenomenon. But there was no common demographic pattern. Age, environment, history of mental health, nothing explained it.
1: Then in 2020, the hum stopped and the world finally had an answer.
0: The coronavirus pandemic had forced an American steel factory on the nearby Zug Island to close its doors.
1: The minute the blast furnaces shut down, the Windsor hum disappeared. The whole time, the sound had been an industrial byproduct.
0: Luckily, there are no reports suggesting the Windsor hum seriously hurt anybody. But some man-made sounds have proven to be lethal.
1: In January 2005, The United States military conducted extensive Navy sonar training off the coast of North Carolina. They broadcast signals at around 235 decibels, which is about twice as loud as a heavy metal rock concert.
0: Soon afterward, 34 whales washed ashore on North Carolina's beaches. Nobody had ever heard of this many whales beaching at once. Naturally, people began to wonder whether the Navy's sonar experiments had something to do with it.
1: Loud underwater noises can be incredibly painful for whales. They communicate using a form of sonar, so they're naturally sensitive to these kinds of sounds. It's hard to say
0: exactly how the Navy broadcasts would have caused so many whales to beach themselves. Two popular theories suggest the animals were disoriented or that they swam ashore on purpose to escape the cacophony.
1: There are records of whales swimming hundreds of miles to escape noise pollution. Sometimes they dive to get away from it, descending so rapidly, the sudden change in pressure makes them bleed from their eyes and ears.
0: And whales aren't the only creatures that suffer because of sonar broadcasts. In April 2005, over a two-week period, 85 porpoises beached themselves in Denmark during similar Danish naval exercises.
1: The deadliest example happened in 2009. While the American, French, British, and Australian navies conducted drills in the Arabian Sea, over 200 dolphins beached themselves.
0: After these incidents, a United States government panel suggested an international limit on underwater noise at 230 decibels. However, researchers criticized the data used to determine this number because it had been gathered by testing sounds on whales and dolphins in military research facilities. The scientists argued that animals in captivity were desensitized to human-made noises. If the world wanted to protect wild animals, the limit had to be lower.
1: Unfortunately, there's no ethical way to conduct a study and determine exactly what the cap should be. So, as of this recording, the U.S. Decibel Guideline stands. Perhaps the Nunavut ping was something similar. If the sound was physically painful for seals and whales, they might have abandoned the furian Hecla Strait to get away from it.
0: But unlike those other incidents, there were no records of any military drills or tests anywhere near Nunavut. At least, none that were public.
1: Maybe an unidentified group conducted secret sonar experiments. And those sounds drove the animals away, but didn't kill them. But that seems unlikely. The marine behavior in the area doesn't seem to match. Nobody
0: found any evidence of whales or seals beaching themselves in the Fury and Heckless Strait, which suggests the ping is something we haven't seen before.
1: Perhaps something that didn't originate on Earth at all.
0: Coming up unauthorized submarines,
2: UFOs, and radical environmentalism. The CIA. They're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public, and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series, Conspiracy Theories, CIA Edition from international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories CIA edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA edition. Listen every Thursday, free and only on Spotify.
1: Now, back to the story.
2: In
0: 2016, near Igloolik, Inuit hunters noticed an absence of seals and wildlife in the Fury and Hecla Strait. They suspected it had something to do with the ping, an eerie noise coming from the bottom of the sea with no apparent source.
1: It seemed different from anything experienced on Earth before, so some alien enthusiasts suggested maybe it didn't come from the Earth at all. After all, Canada has a long history of UFO sightings.
0: In 1967, a 51 year old amateur geologist named Stefan Michalak was prospecting for minerals in the wilderness near Falcon Lake in Manitoba. He'd just found a quartz vein when a mysterious visitor allegedly changed his life forever.
1: A flock of geese flew into the sky, nearly bowling Stefan over. When he regained his footing, he saw what had startled the birds. A pair of cigar-shaped glowing objects in the sky. One flew away, but the other landed on the lakeshore, about 150 feet away from where he stood, transfixed.
0: Assuming this was some sort of American military experiment, Stefan shouted, asking if
1: they needed a mechanic. When no one responded, he repeated his question in Polish, then Russian, then German, Without a response, he cautiously approached the craft.
0: Stefan examined the smooth, unmarked metal surface. But before he could make heads or tails of the machine, it began spinning. Suddenly, a blast of hot air knocked him off his feet and set his clothes ablaze.
1: He tore off his burning shirt and hat. As he stomped the flames out, the UFO vanished into the sky. Stefan still had a lot of questions, but he wasn't in a position to stick around and keep investigating. He was severely burned, so he rushed to the hospital.
0: Over the next few weeks, Stefan suffered from constant headaches, dizziness, diarrhea, and blackouts. In addition, he had a strange grid like pattern of dots burned onto his chest, a permanent reminder of his terrifying encounter.
1: Stefan never learned more about the strange ship or what purpose it had on Earth. But other extraterrestrial enthusiasts thought it was telling that it had landed near a lake. Maybe it was interested in something underwater.
0: It wouldn't have been the only time a UFO was spotted near a Canadian waterway.
1: That same year, in Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia, five teenagers reportedly spotted flashing orange lights in the sky. They seemed to be blinking in a pattern, but nobody was sure what the sequence meant.
0: They didn't have long to wonder, though, before the lights descended.
1: A massive, glowing aircraft landed on the surface of Shag Harbor, about one-half mile offshore. Surprisingly, it didn't sink, but rested on the surface. Convinced the lights were a downed aircraft that needed assistance, the teens called the Royal Canadian Mounted Police.
0: But by the time the Mounties arrived, the ship had vanished. They sent in divers searching for survivors, but they couldn't find anyone or any sign of the ship. So the rescuers called the nearby air bases to see if there
1: were any reports of missing airplanes. The Rescue Coordination Center responded that all aircraft were accounted for. When the public caught wind of the story, many believed there was only one explanation. It had to be an alien spacecraft.
0: These are just two examples of the many Canadian UFO sightings. According to UFO expert Christopher Rutkowski, there are at least 1,000 per year. Those numbers have increased in the last few years, with 1,101 sightings in 2017 alone.
1: Perhaps this means Canada is a hub for extraterrestrial travel. Interestingly, both the Shag Harbor story and the Falcon Lake story take place near bodies of water. Perhaps a different UFO landed on, or crashed into, the Fury and Hecla Strait
0: a submerged aircraft might have broadcast distress signals that drove the animals away. And a noise like this could register
1: on sonar as the eerie ping. Except there are no reports of anyone seeing a UFO near Nunavut, let alone a spaceship crash.
0: Of course, the area is remote enough that Igloolik residents might miss the accident. But if a spaceship was at the bottom of the Fury and Hekla Strait, the Canadian military likely would have noticed it during their sweep
1: of the area. But they didn't even hear the ping. And of course, few people in Igloolik believed that aliens were scaring away wildlife. They suspected the culprit might be an adversary they'd dealt with before, anti-hunting activists.
0: For decades, Inuit hunters and conservationists had found themselves at odds over the practice of hunting seals. In 2017, a restaurant in Toronto named Kukum Kitchen made headlines when they started to serve seal
1: on their menu. Anonymous activists started an online petition demanding they remove the dish. The activists' website described seal hunting as, quote, violent, horrific, traumatizing, and unnecessary.
0: The petition accrued more than 6,700 signatures and was the culmination of more than a century of anti-seal clubbing advocacy.
1: The movement began in the 20th century, when Canada's for-profit seal hunting industry was at its peak. Each year, Canadian hunters killed seals by the thousands, They sold the meat and pelts for considerable profits, especially the incredibly valuable harp seals pelts, known as white coats.
0: But controversy exploded when people discovered that
1: hunters often killed baby harp seals to meet demand. In the 1970s, the nonprofit environmental group Greenpeace advocated against the seal clubbing industry. Soon, other groups around the world joined them in the fight.
0: In 1972, the United States banned the trade of seal products. The EU followed suit 38 years later in 2010. But unfortunately, the policies had unintended consequences for indigenous people.
1: In places like Igloolik, seal hunting wasn't a money-making scheme. It was a way of life. Residents ate seal meat and made clothes and other products from their skins. Because the community was so remote, they couldn't rely on foreign imports to replace the seal products.
0: The policies exempted the Inuit hunters from the bans, but the bad PR associated with seal hunting still devastated the local communities. Hunters struggled to sell anything they
1: caught. According to The Guardian, between 1983 and 1985, the average income of an Inuit seal hunter in Resolute Bay, Nunavut dropped from $54,000 Canadian dollars a year to only $1,000. Anytime an Inuit entrepreneur found a way to make up the income, the anti-seal hunting taboo would often rear its ugly head again.
0: Naturally, many people who lived in Nunavut saw anti-hunting activists as their enemies. When wildlife in the Fury and Hecla Strait began to disappear, the local Inuits suspected that radical environmentalists, possibly affiliated with Greenpeace, were to blame. Maybe they had intentionally placed some sort of sonic device in the ocean to drive the seals away, saving the animals, but condemning the Inuit people.
1: Eventually, these rumors became so prevalent, they made it onto the Canadian news. Greenpeace immediately responded, saying they had nothing to do with the ping.
0: Of course, if Greenpeace was guilty, that would still likely be their reaction. Placing a sonar device in the ocean was illegal.
1: But it would be very uncharacteristic for Greenpeace to take such extreme action in the strait. In recent years, they've actually reversed their stance on seal hunting. In 2014, two years before the ping first appeared, Greenpeace issued a public apology, acknowledging that they'd hurt indigenous people. They have since ceased all activism related to seal hunting.
0: It'll take more than a PR statement for Greenpeace to regain the Inuit people's trust. But we can safely rule them out as a possible explanation especially because they most likely don't have the resources to plant sonar devices at the bottom of the ocean.
1: But other groups, including well-funded research institutions, could create the ping by accident. In
0: 2015, scientists from the University of California, San Diego, led by Peter Wooster, conducted the Canada Basin Acoustic Propagation Experiment, or CANOPY. From 2015 to 2017, Worcester's team submerged transmitters in the Arctic Ocean which broadcast low-frequency radio waves underwater. He hoped to learn about how the changing ocean conditions altered the way the seafloor sounded.
1: Perhaps Canopy distressed the wildlife and inadvertently created the ping. Several Canadian journalists interviewed the scientists behind the project asking if it was possible that Canopy had unintentionally driven the seals out of the Fury and Hekla Strait.
0: Wooster dismissed the concerns, noting that the signals they broadcast had only a maximum range of about 200 miles, nowhere near the distance they would need to travel to reach Nunavut.
1: He added that even if a sound wave could make it that far, they couldn't get around the many islands between Canopy and the Ping.
0: Other accusations implicated the Boffinland Iron Mines Corporation. As we mentioned before, the Windsor hum was caused by a factory.
1: And the field of deep-sea mining is still pretty experimental. In 2017, marine scientists released a study that claimed mining of any kind threatened oceanic biodiversity. It created pollutants, kicked up clouds of sediment, and destroyed natural habitats.
0: But the Baffinland Iron Mines Corporation said they had no equipment on the bottom of the sea at all. No permits had been issued in the area, seemingly confirming their statement.
1: And if the BMC had been conducting an illegal mining operation, surely the military survey would have picked it up. The Igloolik hunters would have noticed, too.
0: Based on the evidence, the ping probably had nothing to do with private companies which left one possibility, the public sector.
1: We already discussed and ruled out military sonar drills, but the armed forces use the ocean in a variety of ways. Perhaps the ping came from unauthorized submarine activity.
0: And it may be the precursor to an upcoming war.
1: Coming up, a Canadian Army investigator gets to the bottom of the Nunavut Ping. And now back to the story.
0: The Nunavut Ping allegedly drove wildlife away from the Fury and Heckless Strait around 2016. Possible explanations for the sound have included scientific sonar devices, anti-SEAL hunting activists, UFOs, and unauthorized military submarines.
1: Since submarines use sonar to navigate, some theorists have suggested the boats in the Fury and Hecla Strait were detecting rogue subs. If true, nobody knew where they came from.
0: Historically, Russia has been notorious for its widespread submarine operations. Their subs frequently patrolled the borders of sovereign waters, nearly violating North American territory. Plus, the Federation also had a history of attempting
1: to claim Arctic land. International law states that the North Pole and the region around it cannot be the property of any single nation. However, several countries have tried to seize neutral territory, most notably Canada and Russia.
0: If they succeeded, Arctic holdings would give Russia a distinct advantage in trade and for military purposes. As the ice cap shrank, more waterways opened between Russia and Canadian oceans than ever before. Perhaps Russia scouted these passages to see how close they could get to North America in the
1: event of a global war. It might sound like a wild theory, but in March 2021, a video surfaced on the Internet showing Russian nuclear submarines breaking through the Arctic ice sheets. This proved they'd been running submarine drills in the Arctic.
0: And they weren't the only ones. The Ping could also be a Chinese sub. Around 2016, when the Ping first appeared, the Chinese government outlined plans to start using the Northern Arctic Passage to trade more efficiently with North America.
1: Others have suggested American submarines may be running drills as well.
0: Ultimately, it's hard to say where these subs come from because there's no hard evidence suggesting where they originated, or even if they exist. And although it has several traits in common with sonar, it's not even clear if the Ping is a sonar wave.
1: Moreover, the Fury and Hecla Strait would have limited strategic value. It does connect the northernmost Arctic seas to the Hudson Bay, but it doesn't really lead anywhere else.
0: The strait is also dotted with many small islands that make it difficult for large cargo ships to easily maneuver. The region could only be so useful for trade.
1: In lieu of any good explanations for where the Ping came from, the Canadian military conducted another survey in February 2017. They sent an acoustic engineer named Doug Brown to interview politicians and meet with the town's Hunters and Trappers organization.
0: Brown played a series of underwater sounds like migrating whales or underwater motors. He hoped one of his contacts would recognize the noise
1: and settle the mystery once and for all. But it wasn't their answers that surprised him. It was the lack of any answers. Nobody he spoke to had heard the ping, so they couldn't weigh in on the matter.
0: Determined to speak with someone, Brown broadcast a message on the local radio station. An interpreter explained Brown's mission and asked that if anyone had heard the sound, they should talk to him. Nobody called in.
1: Doug Brown left Nunavut, considering the case closed. He figured the ping couldn't be that big of a deal if no one had even heard it. He chalked up the animal disappearances to changing migration patterns. In other words, he didn't think the missing seals had anything to do with the noise.
0: But a lot of people objected to Brown's conclusions. It seemed like he wrote the mystery off without doing what they considered a proper investigation.
1: And to be clear, Brown still agreed that the ping once existed, and he admitted that nobody could say where it was coming from at the time. But for those upset by Brown's conclusion, the leader of Canopy, scientist Peter Wooster had another guess.
0: He suggested the Nunavut ping wasn't anything new. It had been around for millennia, but human beings were only just now noticing it, possibly because climate change made it more audible. But early explorers noted similar noises when they first crossed through the Arctic.
1: These adventurers described buzzing, wheezing, and loud bangs. The sounds came from ice cracking and changes in temperature or wind direction.
0: They referred to this cacophony as the Devil's Symphony.
1: The noises weren't unique to Nunavut. In 2016, researchers in the Caribbean basin detected a low-pitched, heartbeat-like sound. This strange noise echoed through the water in an A-flat tone, about 30 octaves below the lowest note on a piano. Further
0: investigation suggested that this noise corresponded with Rossby waves. In simple terms, these are pockets of high and low pressure that travel across the Earth. Rossby waves pull at the bottom of the ocean floor and become unstable, generating sound waves as the ocean's energy churns inside the basin.
1: Perhaps the Nunavut ping is a similar reaction to the pressure systems in the water. So far, there's no hard evidence to prove this, but maybe researchers will uncover a key clue in the near future.
0: After ruling out man-made submarines, sonar tests, and aliens, it seems almost likely that the Nunavut ping has a natural cause. If it's not related to water pressure, it may just be the sound of blocks of ice rubbing together, which means the noise didn't drive away the seals.
1: Sadly, we can probably chalk that mystery up to climate change. Seals, whales, and other animals likely left the Fury and Hecla strait to escape uncharacteristically warm temperatures or to follow their food sources to new territory.
0: Which is a disaster for Inuit hunters, many of whom care less about finding the source of the ping and more about what steps humans are willing to take to protect the ecosystem.
1: For them, all other mysteries are secondary.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on the Nunavut ping, amongst the many sources we used, we found the Ottawa Citizen article, an explanation for those mysterious pinging sounds in Canada's Arctic, by David Pugliesi, extremely helpful to our research.
1: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Matthew Teamstra, with writing assistance by Angela Jorgensen and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlien and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg
2: and Richard Rossner. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we are uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify.